Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Tonight, we're going to go over our third impedance in, uh, to spiritual maturity. And if you've been here, you know that uh, we've been uh, trying to find out what those marks are, the things that, again, God desires all of us to become uh, like Christ in our lives. As we be- uh, once we become a Christian, we're supposed to move down the path of spiritual maturity uh, to more and more Christ-likeness. And so as we move down that path, then we begin bearing these marks, or the things that are uh, supposed to be in every Christian's life, I, I believe, start to become more and more evident, more prominent in our life. And so uh, things that we've looked at so far are things like love. So uh, when we get saved, we know that the Bible says that God gives a, he puts his love in us, that, that we have this, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit. And, and so, but as we grow in our spiritual life, love becomes more and more evident, I believe, uh, as we become more spiritually mature. Um, humility was the first one that we looked at. Uh, again, something that is evident in the life of a believer. You've got to have humility to first be saved. You've got to humble yourself to, uh, before the Lord. And so, again, as we begin to be more Christ-like, uh, as he was humble, we become more humble. Uh, but just like the marks, there are things, I think, that keep us from becoming more spiritual and mature. There are things that are, are roadblocks. There's things that uh, are, are kind of indicators in our life that, we're maybe not moving the direction that we should be moving spiritually. And uh, we've talked about some of those things. I'm not going to review all of them tonight like we've done the last few weeks, but we're going to jump right into this third impedance. So if you've got your notes there, uh, you'll see that it's blank, and the blank answer is pride. So the third impedance is pride. Some of you already figured that out because there's pride further down in the notes. You're a good student, or you're a cheater. No. <laughs> Um, but uh, there's, I, I think there's, it's an important thing. We talk about pride to distinguish the, the reality that there's two different kinds of pride, I believe. I mean, there's various maybe forms, but I think two different kinds of pride. Uh, the first is good pride. Um, and that is spiritually prompted, and it's right. So it's, there is um, a pride that we, are, that we see in Scripture that is, again, spiritually prompted, and it's spiritually right. But then also, we're, we, most of us, when we think about pride, we, we go to the negative. We go to the bad kind of pride, and that's the second one. The bad pride is fleshly or sinfully prompted, and it's wrong, of course. Um, the good pride is the kind of pride that is spiritually right, and one that makes its boast, or again, the word pride, boast, makes it in the Lord, in the Lord alone. So to boast or to glory or to joy in the Lord, that is right. That's good. I'm going to make my boast of the Lord. I am boasting in the Lord, not of myself, but I am boasting of him and I'm boasting in him. Uh, So again, glory, to boast, to joy in the Lord are all good things. Uh, Again, we consider that being good. The bad pride, the the, the, the kind that is spiritually wrong, is the blockade that we're looking at tonight. The, the, the impedance to us being spiritually mature is the bad kind of pride. It's, the things, uh, it, it's that thing that keeps us from the things that God wants in our life and wants to do in and through our life. And so uh, with that kind of in mind, let's pray, and we'll look further at this thing called pride. Father, thank you so much for this time. 
Thank you again for the opportunity you've had, uh, you've given us, that we've had, uh, to worship you so far. And uh, Lord, I know that everybody's had long days and, and busy and, and many people are tired. But Lord, for these next several minutes, Lord, that we'd be able to focus our all on you, realizing that your word is eternal, that it's alive, uh, that we can gain something every time that we come to you uh, in, in your word. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just simply use me as a vessel, that you would be the one that we glory in. Lord, you're the one that we make our boast in. Lord, we, you're the one that we uh, give praise to. And, uh, Lord, just accomplish tonight uh, in all of our lives. Start with me. Go throughout every single person in this, in this auditorium and have your way. Lord, if there's a measure of pride, sinful pride, fleshly pride in, in our lives, God, that tonight you would reveal that. Maybe it's even an area that we weren't considering. Maybe we didn't realize that was something that was keeping us uh, from growing spiritually. Uh, maybe we've come to a place spiritually in our lives where we feel like that we are stuck or that we are plateaued. Uh, maybe it's because of pride. Maybe there's an area that we're, we've lifted ourselves up or we've, we've become sinful in that pride. And so, uh, Lord, just have your way. Just do whatever you want. Lord, encourage if there's people that uh, are not being hindered by pride, uh, sinful pride. Uh, encourage them, strengthen them, uh, that they could even be an encouragement and strength to others. And so, Lord, we pray that you do all this and bless this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, when you think about good pride, we'll go back to that for a second. Uh, and somebody says, I just I have a hard time understanding what you're talking about. You're talking about like praising God. Uh, in a sense, yes, we can say that that is boasting in the Lord, that is glorying in the Lord, to praise God, to, to uh, attribute to Him praise and, and to lift Him up. Uh, it would be similar to. Uh, boasting in the Lord. Look what great things God did. Man, God worked in amazing ways. God saved my neighbor. God moved and healed that marriage. God, you know, delivered them from that disease. I mean, that's, that's boasting in the Lord's work. That's glorying in him. That's bringing praise. That's, that's giving praise to him for the work that he's done. And so when we think about pride like that, uh, again, maybe in our English definitions, we, we don't see it like that. Well, I don't think that's necessarily having pride in God. But on the account of good pride, the Apostle Paul uh, would even boast in what God had done in their life and even what they were doing for God with the right motives. And again, that type of boasting uh, is okay. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's okay to, uh, when somebody said, man, I, I was able to give the gospel to uh, my, my coworker today, to say, man, I'm, I'm so proud of you. That's, that's, that's an encouragement, you know, to, to have that uh, spiritual good pride from the right place is okay. Again, Paul would tell the Corinthians that his boasting, his pride in them, or the, his pride for them was great. And the reason why it was great was for spiritual reasons. It wasn't because, man, you guys are, are good workers. You know, you guys are, I mean, you make a lot of money or, or y'all are pretty people or, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving people compliments, but that's not what Paul was boasting in them for. He was boasting in them for spiritual reasons. Um, and so let's try to understand that there, are, there is a good way to make our boast. There's a good way to, to have pride. And again, it is in spiritual ways. It's for, for spiritual reasons. It's spiritually motivated. It's spiritual in nature. And it points to God. So even when you say, I'm, you know, I'm proud that you, you, you had the faith or you were bold in your witness, uh, praise God for that. Again, it all ends up attributing to the work of God in someone's life. And that's exactly what Paul would do with the Corinthians, but I think to better understand uh, pride in its whole self, understand what it is. 
is uh, understanding what it is, is is important. So what is pride? Pride is a feeling or a mindset of elevation. So uh, it's a feeling or a mindset, an emotion, a mindset, a thought of being elevated, being lifted up. Uh, it's, it can be psychological, as I said, a mental thing. It can be emotional. It can be uh, stirred by uh, uh, hormones. In other words, uh, you, can, you can become very prideful and, and, and even hormones can be released in your pride. Um, uh, spiritual ele- elevation. Again, you can be pridefully uh, lifted up uh, spiritually, if you will. And Paul would also say that he could boast in who he was. So if there's a good side to Paul's boasting, uh, Paul would reveal that there is a negative side to his boasting, that he could be negative in his boasting. Uh, from a, a, a fleshly, a carnal, a sinful perspective, a, a foolish perspective. And that w- that's what Paul would tell the Corinthians, that if, if you'll go with me, I'll act like a fool for a second, basically what he, what he said. And he would go on to do that. We're going to look at that in just a second. But um, he could say, if we're going to compare earthly badges, if somebody's going to say that they're a Hebrew, I'm a Hebrew. Of the, if, if somebody's going to say that they have tribulations, I have more. I mean, again, Paul would say, I can play this foolish game. If you guys, and this is a, a paraphrase of what he would tell the, the Corinthians, if you guys like people doing that, if y'all are stirred up, and, 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 and man, that's what really gets your motor going, is, is people talking about themselves and lifting themselves up. Paul said, I can be a fool like that. If, if you want to hang out, if you want to entertain fools, I'll be a fool. And that's what Paul begins to, to do and kind of show them this is what foolish pride looks like. This is what fleshly pride looks like. This is what sinful pride looks like. And so in, in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, it's going to be on the screen, just follow along. It says, I repeat, let no one think me foolish. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. But even if you do, accept me as a fool so that I too may boast a little. Okay, so let's play this little game uh, that you guys um, like to entertain. What I'm saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. So again, he's saying, this is where I'm coming from. this This is not what the Lord would prompt me to do. This is what the Holy Spirit's inspiring me to write to teach you something. I say not as the Lord, but but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast, he says. I'll I'll play this, I'll I'll do this, I'll go along with this. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. You think you're so wise, you think think that you're lifted up, you're you're going along with this, so let's let's go down this road. For for you bear, uh, if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I, I, I must say, we too... We were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I'm speaking as, as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. So here he goes. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking, I'm talking like a madman, he says. <laughs> you know, again, he's going down this foolish road of, of prideful, sinful boasting with far greater labors and far... So here, here it is. Paul is trying to show to them even, you can even boast in spiritual things or you can even boast in your obedience to God in a sinful way with the wrong motives. That's what, that's what he's saying. You can, you can be lifted up with pride and be talking about spiritual things. And that's what he's saying. He's like, I'm talking like a, bad, a madman. Far greater labors than it, far more imprisonments with countless beatings and, and often near death. This is what I've gone through for Christ. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 
The 40 lashes, less ones, the 39 stripes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Again, Paul is saying, look, if we want to talk about who has suffered for the cause of Christ or who has gone through all these things, look, I'll play this game and I can, I can boast in myself. I can boast what I have done for Christ. And apart from all the other things, there's this daily pressure on me, the anxiety for all the churches. Who's weak? Am I not weak? Who's made it fall? Am I not indignant? If I must boast, he says here, let's, let's set this straight. Then I need to boast in the things that show my weakness. The God and the Father of Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever knows that I'm not lying. At Damascus, the governor under, under King uh, Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in a wall and escaped his hands. Chapter 12, he says, I must go on boasting. Let me continue on here. Though there is nothing to be gained by it. I can keep going, but it doesn't, it, there's nothing to be gained by this foolish, prideful boasting. I'll go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man, Christ, who was 14 years ago, was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up in paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. So Paul's saying, listen, let's, let's move on from all the afflictions and all the things that I've gone through. And let's talk about visions and revelations. I know a guy who was caught up to the third vision, I mean, the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or outside of the body, I don't know. God knows. And he, and he repeats himself. And he goes on to say, on behalf of this man, well, we know that Paul was called up in third heaven. So on behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my behalf, I will not boast, which is such an interesting dynamic in the language but anyways it says except of my weakness though if i should wish to boast i would not be a fool for i would be speaking the truth but i refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that god had given to him a thorn was given to me uh, given me in the flesh a messenger of satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited Three times I plead with the Lord about this. It should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so listen to what Paul says. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Not in a fleshly, in a sinful, in a, in a prideful, in the, the sinfully prideful way, but I, I will boast in, in, in what I have gone through and in my weaknesses, the, the, the things that I, I my limitations. Uh, again, this messenger of Satan was sent to me to, in, in giving me a thorn in the flesh so that I wouldn't be lifted up with pride, so that I couldn't make my boast in what I go through and bring, try to bring glory to myself. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses so that his strength is made perfect in my life. And so for the sake of Christ, I'm content with weaknesses. I'm content with insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Again, Paul was very clear in, in, in saying that this is not the right way to boast. But if I were to boast, I would boast in the fact that I am not strong enough myself. I'm weak. And I have to have Christ. And so I'll glory in my weaknesses. I'll say, you know what? So that his power can, can rest on me. Not only that, but the only significant thing to boast in, Paul would tell the Galatians, 
was the cross. If I'm going to make a boast, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to be lifted up about anything, it's going to be in the cross of Christ. In Galatians 6, 14, but God forget, forbid that I should glory, that I should boast, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world was crucified in me and I into the world. So when we look at the Apostle Paul's example of, of, of pride, he equates it to sinfulness and, and to foolishness. Uh, as far as in himself. But when he says, there is only one way that I will boast, there's only one way that I'll be lifted up with the right kind of pride, and it's when I boast in the cross of Christ, and it's when I boast in, in the Lord, and it's when I boast in how weak I am and how great and strong he is. So again, there's a, there's a good kind of boasting, and that is the kind of boasting that, that exalts Christ in Christ alone. He would go on in, in Corinthians to say uh, in chapter 15 that he is who he is because of the grace of God. Paul, Paul realized that, man, he was the chiefest of sinners, that he murdered the church, that he was the greatest persecutor of the church, and that God saved him miraculously. And the only reason Paul was able to do anything for Christ was because of the grace of God. He said that in, in, in chapter 15, verse 10. Paul's boast in his privilege to suffer for Christ could, again, be from that spiritually right pride. But I, I want to remind us, too, it can quickly turn to that spiritually wrong pride to make it about Paul as a badge for Paul. He, he kind of went down that road. He said, we want to talk about what, what we've gone through for, for the cause of Christ? Let's do it. And he began to, to boast as like a madman, he said, like a foolish man. In everything that he had gone through and all that he was, but he wrapped it up by saying, you know what? I'm actually nothing. I'm completely weak. And I found in my weakness, that's when the Lord's strength is, is magnified in my life. So to make it about Paul was the wrong kind of pride. It was a badge for Paul. But to make it sincerely about Christ, as all glory to Christ, was, again, the right kind. So tonight when we consider, is pride uh, a hindering block? Again, it's, it's which, what kind of pride? What, what's, what is in our life? What may be in an area of our life that sinful, fleshly pride hindering us from moving uh, to a, a more spiritually mature place? Again, boasting in Christ, boasting of Him, uh, we can have that spiritually right pride. But man, when, when you start making it at all about yourself, if I make it at all about myself, because the Lord tries the hearts, he knows the motives. And we begin to even say good things and right things with a fleshly pride. That's when it is evident that it's a roadblock to us being spiritually mature or an indicator that we're not as far along the spiritual maturing process that we should be. Paul explained this to the Corinthian church uh, when he was explaining and defending his ministry. He would explain this before uh, what he said in chapter 11, in chapter 10. In chapter 10, he says this, verse 17, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And then verse 18, he would go on to say, for it's not the one who commends himself who is approved. It's not the person who said, man, you know, God is great. I'm able to do this and I'm able to do that. It's not the one who does that, but the one whom the Lord commends, he said. It's the one who God says, well done. Not the one that says to themselves, man, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> doing a great job. Now, 
Again, that's good, what good pride looks like versus bad pride. Paul showing us what the good pride looks like. You have the, the, the good pride that could be bad because of the, the, the motive. But then there's a completely flip side of it, which is all bad pride. And that is what we see in both the old nature and in the wicked. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says this, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way in the forward mouth do I hate. God hates pride. He hates arrogancy. He hates the evil way, doing evil. And so when we consider that we are maybe allowing an area of our life to be consumed with pride or to have uh, that that in our life, it's an element that God hates. It's something that God hates is pride. Pride is very clearly a characteristic of the wicked. Scripture tells us that. That, that the wicked are, uh, that's one of their characteristics, is they're prideful. But what does that mean for us who have been saved, who are righteous by Christ? It means that pride is a characteristic of the old nature. So, if the old nature is supposed to remain crucified, if it was, if it was crucified with Christ, if if all the, the old man was put to death and the new man is supposed to be put on every day, then we have to admit that there is a possibility if we don't keep that in check and keep that in the right place, that pride can find its way in our life. Sinful, wicked, old nature, hindering pride can find its way in our life and keep us from being Christ-like. Pride of the Pharisees was rebuked by Christ. He, he, uh, he told them very clearly, man, you guys are missing the boat. You, you're, you're, you're wadded sepulchers, you're full of dead men's bones. You, 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 you have ears, but you hear not. You have eyes, but you see not. You're exactly like what the prophet Isaiah said. Again, he was trying to tell them, you're so religious, you're so lifted up, you've got so many traditions, you've got so much of yourself that you can't even realize that God is standing right in front of you talking to you. Man, what a, what a sad state, right? What a sad state to be in, to, to have God in the flesh standing right before you speaking eternal truths to you and be so filled with pride, religious pride, that you miss what God is saying. Again, they had their traditions, they had their doctrines, and because they had their traditions and doctrines of men, it had hardened them, most of them, to the truth of the gospel. Think about that. They had so much of themselves that they were hardened to the truth of the gospel. See, pride can manifest itself in, in many different ways, various ways, um, just in, in thoughts. It can sometimes manifest itself. We can have prideful thoughts uh, and, and maybe, never, be, maybe never manifest itself in our words or in actions, but we can have prideful thoughts. We can have thoughts like, not me. I'm not going to do that. Now, again, it may control our actions, a bit, but we can still just have those prideful thoughts And it can dominate what God is able to do in our life or not do in our life. Pride can be that hindrance in our thought life. It can be a hindrance in in our actions. Uh, Again, we can be prideful and say, I've always done it like this, and I'm never going to change. We we can be prideful, and again, stemming from the heart, stemming from the mind. uh, Our words can be prideful, can pour out of our mouth. We can have pride in our interactions with each other. They did this to me. 
and we could be lifted up with pride. They didn't do this to me, lifted up with pride. We can have pride in our response to Scripture. We can have pride in our obedience or lack thereof. We can have pride in not submission. See, pride, I'll put this in your notes, is a landmine for the Christian. Pride is a landmine. Sometimes we walk into situations, sometimes we come into an area of our, a, a, a season of our life, and we walk right into pride. And man, it just blows things up. It hinders so much. Pride is also, of course, as we're talking tonight, a roadblock to spiritual growth. Um, it hinders so much. Some, some of the things uh, that I believe we see pride uh, manifest, or ways that pride manifests itself, some indicators that pride is it may be keeping you back, uh, I put here in, in our notes, are, are things like this. If you think that you've been a Christian long enough to be told that you might be wrong, it might be an indication that pride is keeping you from spiritually growing. Again, if you've been a Christian, if you think, I've been a Christian long enough, I know enough of the Bible, I know what it says, I know what I believe, to be told that you might be wrong. Now, I'm not talking about a, a different doctrine, but sometimes we, we hold to a place in our life that's not necessarily biblical. Again, like the Pharisees. And when somebody comes along and says, well, the Bible says this, we say, oh, that's not what I believe. Yeah, but the Bible says this. I, well, I don't think it's, I mean, we sometimes can get to that place where we, we don't think that we could be wrong. Uh, another way is if you think that you know enough to not listen to every word God lays on a preacher's heart. Now this is a discipline, but I think it's a very subtle way that pride can creep in. Right? We can get to a place of maturity, a place of knowledge, a place of understanding. Uh, we can get to that place in, in our life where we, we feel like, I, I don't necessarily need to listen to every single word. I'll just open up my phone and check out what's going on there. I don't necessarily need to listen to every single word the preacher's saying. I'll just have a side conversation in the back or a side conversation. I don't necessarily need to listen. I'll just kind of daydream here. Or I'll just kind of doodle there. I don't need to listen to every single I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the power of God's word and, and, and God speaking through that to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. If we ever get to a place where we think that I don't need to listen to everything that God may be trying to say to me right now, that's a place of pride. I don't care who you are. That's myself included. That's every elder in here included. That's every knowledgeable, experienced teacher and, and Christian in this place. If we ever get to a place where we think that I don't need to listen and hang on every word that God may have for me, then I think it's a measure of pride. Another side of that is this. How are you supposed to rightly divide the word of truth if you're not hanging on every word. If somebody's in this pulpit preaching something that's not doctrinally sound, how are you supposed to know whether you should be listening or not? If you're not hanging on every word. Again, I, I, I'm not here to entertain. I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, to be dynamic. I'm not here for any other thing but to simply speak what God lays on my heart. I'm nothing, I'm nobody, and, and that's, that's what my job is. That's what God's called me to do. That's what I want to do as long as he will have me to do it. Um, but anytime, whether I'm here or I'm sitting there or I'm somewhere else, 
and the Word of God is being preached, and, and there's a message from the Word of God, we should be hanging on it. I, I have a responsibility to rightly divide the Word of truth. I have a responsibility to, to test truth and error with, with sound doctrine. I, we all have that responsibility. And so if we ever get to a place where we're not hanging on every word, whoever it is, preaching and teaching the Word of God, a Sunday school teacher, you should be hanging on every word of the Sunday school teacher's lesson. You should be hanging on every word of whatever preacher is in this pulpit listening. Again, if, if we're not, if we think that we know enough, that we are matured enough, we're knowledgeable enough, we're understanding, we have enough wisdom of God's Word and of the Christian faith to, to, to just kind of pick and choose when we, we engage the message or not, I, I, that is a measure of pride. If you think that you know too much to be corrected, admonished, reproved, biblically. You think, you know, I, I don't need to be told where I'm wrong or right. If you think that you're right, period. Even if you don't have biblical backing. <laughs> and that's a difficult place. A lot of people go to. Is, well, this is the way I was raised. This is the way I think. You're not going to change my thinking. I, I think like this. You think that you're right, period, even if you have no biblical foundation for your position. That's pride. That's just pride. It, why is it so quiet? <laughs> Man. Can we turn some music on? No. <laughs> if you think that your way is the only way, or the only right way, or the only good way, even if it's not biblical. That's pride. You know, you, you can get into arguments. This is not a spiritual thing, but this is kind of an example. You can get into arguments with people. Well, I think that you should change a tire like this, or I think that you should change the oil like this, or I think that you should clean the floor like this, or I think that you should clean this, or I think that you should cook this like this, or I think that you should do this like this. Because that's the way you do it, and you're comfortable with it, and that's the way you grew up, or that's the way you were trained, and you see somebody else do something differently, and they said, that's the wrong way to do it. Right? You're doing it wrong. Now, your way may be better, but it not, is not necessarily the right way. Sometimes we get that way in our Christian lives as well. And we think, man, this is the only way. If no one can tell you how to do something different. Now, I, I say that, and I'm not talking about, you know, not meaning that you're, you aren't discerning. We are all called to test the spirits, to try the spirits, whether they be of, whether they be of God. Uh, again, we are to rightly divide the word of truth. We are to handle the doctrine, the teaching that is, is, is given to us. We're not to add to it or take away from it. Um, but if no one can tell you how to do something different, and, and that, that's in any aspect of our life, but especially spiritually speaking. A lot of times we want to know what we don't know, and we'll ask for that. How do I, how do I be more faithful reading my Bible, right? That, that's sometimes the questions we ask. How, how, how can I have a, a more consistent prayer life? I struggle with that. How can I, how can I have more boldness in, my, in, in, in witnessing to others? Again, the things that we don't know, but where pride can creep in is where we feel like that we're comfortable, and we have solid ground, and for somebody to say, hey, there may be a better way, or there, you can do it like this. It doesn't mean that you're not discerning, or you throw discernment out of the way. I'm not implying that at all, but 
Another way is if only certain people are the people that you'll listen to. Right? And sometimes that can be a problem the older we get. Like, I don't know that I want to listen to that young buck. What, what has she, what has he experienced? What, what can I gain from them? Again, man, can you imagine uh, the ways that God has worked through the ages? I think in ways he's used young people, he's used old people, he's proven that, it's, it's, that we are all simply vessels. And he's the one that does the work. He's the one that gets the glory. And so I, I think that we can get to that place Again, I think the older we get, the more seasoned we get, that, that we can get to that place where we think maybe we're above listening to somebody. Not only listen to somebody else. Another way, if you believe that you determine what is right or wrong. I'm my own person. I'm my own man. I don't need somebody telling me what to do or what not to do. How to do it, how not to do it. I don't need, again, if you feel like or you believe that you are the one that determines right or wrong and not God's word, Again, a place of pride. And this can be played out in many different ways. It can be played out in marriages and relationships, right? Sometimes we get to that place where we think it's the right way, and yet it's not even a biblical way to, to have in the relationship. It's not biblical roles that you're carrying out. It's just the way that you saw your parents or your grandparents or how other people do or how the people at your job have their relationships and what they do or whatever. And again, we think the, I, this is right because of this. Again, if you believe that you determine what's right or wrong, the pride is, is there. If you believe that you can determine what parts of Scripture you will obey or not. Now that may seem like a surface statement, but I want you to look at that again. Because I think that's what spiritually immature people do in pride. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying that every one of us can be guilty of that in our spiritual journey. That that this is uncomfortable for me to do, to obey. This is uncomfortable. I don't know, and we begin to try to rationalize and justify why this area of Scripture doesn't necessarily apply to our life. I mean, I could start naming stuff. All, all over the spectrum. About relationships, about church attendance, about alcohol, about giving, about witnessing. I mean, we, we could go down the line and, and what is the Bible, let's, let's look at what the Bible says about it. But what ends up happening in our lives is we begin to say, I know the Bible says that, but does it really mean this? Or we begin to try to, again, lift ourselves up in pride and justify why we want to do what we want to do. And we begin to pick and choose what parts of Scripture that we want to obey and not. Versus just saying, Lord, here's my life. Show me where I'm not, you know, obedient. Show me where I'm not following you. Help me to do that. Again, we see Paul's admonition uh, to Timothy to beware of the dangerous times of culture, uh, in, uh, the, the dangerous culture in the end times. And uh, he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And one of the glaring um, indications or the, the glaring characteristics of the, the culture in the end time, people in the end time, is pride. 
And you can look at it when you get time. We've recently used it in, the, in another message. But 2 Timothy chapter 3 talks about that. That pride is one of those characteristics of the dangerous times and the end of times. And man, don't we see that in many movements today? Th- think about it. Think about what you see on the news. Different types of movements in society and culture. And boy, they are puffed up with pride. And if you have a different opinion, they will raise their voice, they will scream, they will make more of a fuss, and again, they will puff. That's what we see. It's a dangerous, we are in that dangerous end time season. You, you look in Tim, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and that's what you see in culture today. But what the concerning thing is even more for us, it's obvious in a sinful culture. These things are, are going to be expected in a sinful culture, but Sadly, it's glaring in many churches today, and I believe it's on both sides. I believe that there's a glaring pride on the liberal side, and I believe there's a glaring pride on the legalistic side. And people will die for what they want. As strong as as they may, you know, they, they believe it, they'll be wrong to their death. They'll yell and scream and, again, try to intimidate. You look at the news sometimes, like these rallies they have, Right? And somebody with a differing uh, opinion or di- a different position, and they, they will go crazy insisting that their way is right, that their belief is right. Again, arrogance and pride. But when it's in the church, that is a detriment to the growth of the people of God, but also to the work of God. It's hard to tell someone else that what they believe is wrong because the Bible says so when they don't believe the Bible or they don't believe that the Bible is absolute truth. It's hard to say, look, you're, you're, you're wrong, that's sin because the Bible says so when they don't believe that, that that's the only source of truth or that there's an absolute truth. But guess what? Just because people don't believe the Bible is truth, just because people don't believe that the Bible is absolute truth doesn't mean that it's not our call to bear the truth as sword bearers. We have to speak truth. We have to give what the Word of God says. And it doesn't have to be done in a prideful way. It doesn't have to be done in a, in a harsh, in a destructive way. It can be done just as the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. If people don't hear the truth, these people that are puffed up in pride, if they don't hear the truth, guess what they won't get? Freedom. The truth will set you free, is what Jesus said. So we have a responsibility. Again, it's, it's everybody's choice to remain in darkness or to accept the truth and come to the light. First Timothy chapter 3, and I'm almost done, verse 6, uh, is, is part of the requirements of a bishop, of a pastor. And one of those things is that he would not be a novice, lest being lifted up in, with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. And so again, when we look at, uh, there's, there could be the possibility that someone can have pride and it end up costing them greatly. It's even seen in the requirements of, of a pastor. You can't have this, this new to the faith or immaturity about them. First Timothy chapter 6, Paul would go on and say this. Uh, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believed mas- uh, believing masters... Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they're faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Verse 3, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine which, which is according to godliness, listen to what it says. 
He is proud, knowing nothing. So here's what it is. Paul's saying, if anyone teaches, if anyone comes and tries to portray a truth that is outside of what Jesus Christ has given to us, that person is proud and doesn't know a thing. But it's dotting about questions and strifes of words, wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. And so again, we see that uh, anything outside of the truth doesn't need to influence our position in anything. How to, how to clean the floor. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to be puffed up with sinful pride. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, the verse that many of us know, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with a lowly than to divide the spoil with a proud. It's so important for us to understand the difference between good pride and bad pride, between fleshly pride and, and, and the right spiritual pride. It's so important for us because if you're a Christian here to, tonight, you have to know, we have to know, sinful pride has no place in our lives. It has no place. To say that, that, that um, we're any other place than, than humble before the Lord, trusting in his word alone, is a dangerous place. If we anticipate God doing anything in our lives, you say, you know what, I want God to do something in my life. I want God to grow me. I want God to use me. I want, I want my life to, to mean something for the kingdom of God, to, to make a mark for, for Jesus Christ. I, I want that for my life. I want to grow to spiritual maturity. I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. If that's you tonight, the only path to that is through humility and humbleness, not with any hint of pride in our life, bad pride in our life. James chapter 4, verse 6, and I'm done. It says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and enjoy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So again, tonight, just a reminder that man, let's do a, let's do a self-check. Let's, let's see if this impedance, if this roadblock is in any area of our life. Because again, what, what was that first, the, the first mark that we looked at of maturity? Humility, of staying humble before the Lord. And so if, if we want to continue on the path of spiritual growth, we've got to remain humble, always before the Lord. Remain in a, in a humble state of our life, submitted to the Lord, trusting wholly in his word, following his word, not, not grabbing on to prideful places, prideful thoughts, prideful uh, positions in our life, but holding fast to the word of God with a humbled, a humbled life. That's the life that God, as the Bible says, will lift up and use. That's the life that God will use. And so again, if maybe one of those things, the indicators uh, apply to you, say, no, I, I really, I'm trying to remain humble. I don't know that there's a prideful place in my life. Uh, wherever you're at tonight, I encourage you uh, to do a real evaluation. And if you find an inkling of pride somewhere, confess it to the Lord. Ask God to help you with it. Ask God to help you be humble in that area and not be prideful. Uh, pride is, is the cause of so many problems. Pride can be a major problem in the home. Pride can be a major problem uh, in your personal life, major problem in the church. 
Let's just do an evaluation, a self-check, and make sure that pride doesn't, sinful pride doesn't have any place in our life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you again for this reminder for me. Lord, I don't want to be lifted up with pride. I don't want any pride at all in my life, as I've already told you. I don't want uh, to think more highly. I don't want to um, put confidence in, in anything, anyone, uh, myself, other than you, just completely in you. And I pray that that would be the desire of every single one of us. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that we wouldn't be uh, caught uh, in, in any area of our life captive by pride, sinful pride. Um, and again, if there's something that, like that in, in any of our lives, tonight we'll make that right. Lord, just move now, and we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name.